welcome back to the Blossom Like Eden YouTube channel. Whether you're joining us through Facebook or on podcast today, we just want to welcome you here for another discussion. I'm Sarah Brandt. And I'm Svea Braun. And today we are bouncing off of our last week's chapter on identity and we're going straight into the fullness of healing. This one's just so good and so gentle and such a new eye-opening way to see healing through God, through our Father. Mm -hmm. And so healing um, in this respect really says he wants to bring balance, he being God, he wants to bring balance to your physical human body, mentally and emotionally. And so it's really the process of mm -hmm. becoming sound and whole again. It's a restoration from unbalance. It's to make free, sound and whole. And we're going to be talking about layers here today. Um, and so just to jump right into it. Um, yeah, I thought that I was going to feel magically healed the moment I said yes to God. And I mm -hmm. didn't quite understand that um, God even wanted to deal with my emotional state or how to get there. And so when I said yes to God and I was still left with all these wounds mm -hmm. and the shame um, that I was carrying and feeling like a bad, uh, bad Christian because of my past, um, I didn't know how to get there and I became disappointed in my expectations of what I thought was supposed to happen mm. in my yes to God. Yeah, I think that, I think there's probably a lot of us, we, when we're hurting or when we, there's an area of hurt in our life, we want it gone. Yeah. <laughs> Once we recognize it, it's kind of like, I don't want to feel this. So it's either denial, like try to cover it up um, and like medicate it with some kind of um, behavior, sometimes positive, sometimes unhealthy. Or like get healed, like go to a doctor and yeah. or go to God, our Father, if it's if it's a spiritual emotional wound. So I think yeah, thinking of it like a journey as opposed to like an instantaneous thing is probably something that that each of us needs to sort of absorb. But what do you what do you feel like for you? Um, like you became a Christian and then you're thinking, oh, I'm just gonna be, it's all gonna be great and like I'll never be hurt again or like like yeah. you know it's all done and then like. You bump into someone, it's like, oh, there's like a gaping wound still there. Like, yeah. what did you find? What would, like, but you've obviously moved through that. We're going to talk a little bit more about how that works. But what did you see was the fruit of a journey of healing as opposed to an instantaneous healing? Like, wouldn't it just seem to be better? Like, yeah, to have an instantaneous seems like, healing? It <laughs> seems like you almost feel like that's a given because God is all powerful and He wants us to feel you know, as his child and you feel like all these things are just going to come pouring in and this because you're taught like he has all this power and he does. But the fruit of like a journey to healing is that I could learn, I, I began to learn and pace with God in this gentle walk and begin to trust him hmm. with my wounds and learn his character over me and what salvation really gifted me in that. And so a gentle pace with God, walking forward, listening, staying in that intimate place allowing him to tell me, you know, when each layer of healing, when it was time to go there with him. Oh, it's so sweet because you begin to know him in such a relational, deep way. And your trust increases mm. as you pace with him slowly into this journey of healing. And it's something I wouldn't change because an instantaneous healing isn't going to teach you the dependable, you know, character he has and the gifts of wholeness and fullness that he has for us. Yeah. And so that journey is just, it's part of the goodness so of our walk with God. Yeah. yeah, and I actually, that makes me think like on, um, I guess this is page 41 here, at the beginning of the chapter, you talk about like beginning to live with God instead of under him. And I think that that sort of sums up what you describe as a healing journey is that God is actually entering into some of those areas of your life, some of the pain of it, 
and he's walking with you into a place of wholeness as opposed to just being like a surgeon that comes in here and yeah. extraction and done and you don't know who did it it's gone and you you think you're whole but that process of having someone with you it can actually not just bring along the healing but it can bring what i would call like emotional redemption yeah. and transformation and the difference in that is that you can you have the ability once you've entered into this um, father relationship with God as your father and you allow him to walk with you as opposed to just do healing to you that you it's almost like he transforms your vision so now he's entered into some of those hard places you walk through it and when you look back you actually see redeemed and redeemed is like you've seen something from completely new perspective as opposed to just like okay it's gone it, it's like I actually can look back at something that was so painful and see that that God can make something beautiful yeah. out yeah. of out of trauma and that I feel like we all Sarah and I were just discussing before here this is being recorded still in the middle at we are over one year into the global pandemic yeah so for future viewers this is where we're at. It's March, almost March, end of February, and we are over a year into a global shutdown, a very traumatic mental, emotional, physical, practical journey that the whole globe is going through. Mm -hmm. And you talk in your book about one of the things that sort of brings some of our bruises and wounds to the light yeah. and this awareness of even needing healing is a slowdown yeah that um, that busyness can cause us to kind of ignore the bruises and those like you know the, the chaos of the world can but once we begin to slow down either by choice or by force with like this pandemic all of a sudden it's like ah, there's pain here yeah. and I don't know about you at home but I know that I have suddenly had pain surface just in the quietness of what slowed down and I've seen around me, you know, sort of manifesting in my friends and in my relatives near and far, pains coming up. And it's, it's hard. It can be very, um, yeah. it can feel very exposing. Like all of us around the world, all of a sudden we're having the pain of the trauma, plus the quietness is allowing some of those bruises that were already there. It's like the, yeah. the mosquito bite that itches. And then when you get super busy and distracted, you don't notice it. But then as soon as you're laying in bed, you're like, ah, oh, that thing is just so bad. It's the quiet, the still. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. I'm covered in mosquito bites and I didn't know it. Yeah. I don't know. That's that, a strange yeah. metaphor, but there you go. No, that's, that's exactly it. And I think that's where I was here in the beginning of the chapter. It's like the, my pace of life had slowed down and the busyness, you know, had ended as I let go of my ministry and I let go of my identity props that I was filling in to holes. Um, of my identity, and then uh, and the, that stuff caused caused me to ignore past hurts or remnants of trauma, um, because you know we tend to just get busy and and get used to feeling and living with that pain. It's almost like we we don't understand what could be on the other side, how different life could feel mm -hmm. if we were healed, and we can get used to living inside some of this pain and think that's just the way it's going to be because this stuff happened to me or these people hurt me and this mm -hmm. is just the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And we start to live our lives in such a pattern that we get used to, you know, a crummier way of life and we don't know how good it could get. 
And also a lot of it is when we start to go there, when we start to revisit some of our trauma and our past hurts, I know for me, it stirred up too much and I didn't want to go there, yeah. you know? It's like, I could try and deal with that person who hurt me, but even the very thought of it is already getting me Easy anxious way. and panicky yeah. and I don't even want to go there. And so we just push it down and we start a new normal, almost trying to ignore that those things have happened. When God, as part of the promise of the fullness of life in Ephesians, he mm -hmm. says, he wants to make us complete. And complete in the dictionary means whole, intact, and uncut. Yeah. And we need to agree. We need to let him in. We need to agree with that mm -hmm. promise of the fullness mm -hmm. of life, of being made complete. And yeah. we need to let him in. And that is going to take exposure to him. Mm -hmm. And that's such a scary thing. Yeah. Because when we expose ourselves to God, it can feel at first unprotected. Or the very thought of exposure kind of makes you feel like, ah, I'm vulnerable and I'm unprotected. But God, he says, like, he's our great protector. And so it's all in our surrender where we release yeah. our own control and allow him to step in and be the protector. Yeah. You know, because we're already transparent to him. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and so as we stand in our transparency, he already sees it. As we stand unprotected, unprotected and defenseless to our own human capacity we allow his protection to come over and that deepens our intimacy with him and builds our trust that he's yeah. going to handle us with care and this is such a good part of fullness yeah. that we want this from him yeah. you know we want this and we want to learn to stand in that protection that he offers yeah and and if i can say like just yeah. as you're talking i think it's important to note that you rightly so mentioned that when we talk about oh like let's go get some healing Nobody like, nobody, it, it's okay in our humanists to be like, ugh, I don't want to approach something that brought me pain. I yeah. don't want to go back into a relationship or approach a person that, that violated me. Like that's not, it's okay that our, our natural, our natural instinct is like, ah, don't want that. And the journey of healing, that's the beautiful thing about the path that we're talking about here, that the Bible lays out for us, that Jesus walked out for us, that the father's communicating through his word is the path to healing is it's not about you going and pursuing healing. Yeah. It's about you standing, as Sarah said, yeah. and being willing to expose yourself, to lay down your own protection in front of the only safe being in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and really, that he then begins to determine the pace of that journey. Yeah. And because he's a perfect father, he's not going to just shove you into trauma and be like, yeah. face it, let's just exposure therapy. Let's just... He literally crafted you he knows your sensibilities he knows your tenderness he knows your resilience and he just like any good father is not gonna push you into healing he's yeah. going to walk with you into That's healing so, so all along the so way true you're you're our goal here is not go pursue a healing journey yeah. our goal in this truth is to say your father is trustworthy you can choose to lay down your self-protection and it's the stillness that's been created in your life or that you've chosen to to quiet yourself and you feel the pain rise mm -hmm. that you would have courage hopefully from hearing from us <laughs> that you can say all right father yeah i'm willing to let you into this mm -hmm. place in me yeah i've needed to to survive to tuck it away to push it down and that's okay there is no judgment there yeah but ultimately the fullness of healing that he offers is too good for you to stay in that place yeah. of just so keeping good. it stuffed in a corner, but it always being a bruise. Like if something bumps up against it, it's yeah. like, oh, it's exactly. just, it's still a bruise. It's like, ah, I still feel that. And I think for me, I think it'd be really good maybe if both of us took a second and 
I want to share what that looks like for me to come to that place in more of a practical way because I think for me that mask or that um, that experience for me was I was holding on to a label of like a good Christian girl mm -hmm. and Sarah and I both have different journeys we both ended up in the same family of God and are loving being sisters in Christ so we got to the same end, which was the end the Father had for us, but we started at different places in the world, different experiences, different upbringings and backgrounds. And for mine, grew up in a Christian home, great home, imperfect as every home is, had my bumps and bruises along the way. And I've spoken in the past about, in past videos, just about my journey and how I took on a false identity and propped up an image of perfection, of striving, of wanting to be good and of my ministry and all the things that I did being my way of kind of earning it was subconscious but kind of earning my place as God's in God's family of not wanting to be the trouble kid living in some pride and self-righteousness and all of that but when it came to really addressing actual wounds that I had my good behavior out here the busyness of that kept me from recognizing I have some gaps. I have some wounds that I'm living out of that aren't true, but I had no time to deal with them. And so when I got to the point, my burnout was one of those times. There was some traumatic experiences and relationships where I was faced with a fact in one, I had been um, counseling a, a student. I had some counseling training. I'd be counseling someone and that person and their brokenness, um, came to know much later after a huge time investment on my part and really feeling quite satisfied with myself that I've been such a help to this person. Spent hours talking, listening, praying. This person ends up um, finding out later and them coming to me and saying, everything I told you wasn't true. And I just really needed someone to lean on. And so I made up all this stuff, these stories, this pain, this, this narrative. And you know, I liked kind of looking up to you and I felt, and so we had this, it was what we would call a very codependent gross relationship. And my good Christian identity suddenly found itself, like, how did I get here? And not only that, but then when this person said, it was all a lie. And I looked back and realized the hours that I poured in all for a lie, I was humiliated. I felt broken. I felt bruised. I felt violated my own good intentions that this person had taken advantage of me. It was a, it was an awful, very traumatic experience emotionally, my reputation, other people had observed me just giving so much to this person. It was all a lie. And now it was just like, uh -huh. it was awful. And yet my father wanted me to let go of that persona, that good Christian girl. And he allowed that identity, which is actually one of the most dangerous identities. Mm -hmm. The bad girl is not dangerous because it doesn't pretend to be okay on its own. The good girl, good Christian girl, image, persona, identity that I rooted myself in was like, I got this, I can do this on my own. And that was hiding some deep insecurity, some deep um, brokenness. And when I let God into that, I realized that he wanted to walk me into a healing journey that if I would let go of that and admit that I needed him and, and welcome him again, not to, now I'm going to go try on a healing journey and fix myself and get it all right. But now, Father, here I am. I'm going to allow myself to be exposed in all of my humiliation, my brokenness, my um, hurt, my embarrassment, my bad, my reputation, 
all of these things that just felt stripped bare that I just let him in. And in that place, he came and met me. He brought deep healing and he began to settle my feet on the strong and stable placement and his, as his well-loved, totally dependent and needy daughter. That that was his prized place for me. And that began to minister healing to deep areas of my life. And, and it resulted in kind of like a, like a domino effect. And so, I don't know, Sarah, do you have, how about for yourself? Like, yeah. what did that look like for you? It's interesting, as I hear you talk, some of the same outward manifests are the same, mm -hmm. um, and yet the stories behind and of how we got there are so different. Yeah. And uh, it's so interesting, and that's part of the reason with Blossom Like Eden, too, is just unwinding some of these cultural lies and misconceptions about what a Christian's supposed to look and feel like. Um, and that's why I love talking about this stuff because we're all sort of outwardly expressing it in the same ways Even though our histories are so different. We're all kind of doing the performance and the doing for God yeah. and um, Anyway, so yeah, that's just a little side point that I found fun to hear but For myself, I sort of lived in a home where I didn't really feel seen and a lot of the time I felt very unprotected and I definitely spent a lot of time uh, just living in in fear powerless, you know and afraid and so for me, any time I could gain any sort of power on my own was a good, it was, it was, mm -hmm. it was fulfilling something in me. So that power became to, began to display so um, in an eating disorder because I was taking back power that I felt had, I was powerless and my power had been taken from me. Mm -hmm. So I began to operate highly in an eating disorder for so many years, like 10 years of my life or more. Um, as well as being the bad girl. If I could have the power in the relationship with boys or in a relationship, um, being manipulative or any yeah. any sort of power grasp I could grab at the workplace or any relationships if I held the power then I felt that was my stability mm. um, and then when I came to know God later on in life um, I felt so much shame over that mm. over the power hunger and over my mistakes that um, I hid behind that shame mask and I began to perform and try and do for God so that I could pay penance for all of my past mistakes and yeah. some of that same performance and activity and that began to happen for me too and I really didn't know that God you know he wanted to meet me in those places that I hadn't let anyone touch before mm. um, and he wanted to help redeem some of those situations and his power in me was going to be my source wow. that he had the power that I'd been looking for all along and the Holy Spirit in me was producing that power in order to live this fulfilled life and um, something he had to teach me was that I didn't need a search for my own healing yeah. you know and so all I needed to do was stay in that intimate place with him and he was gonna move me into each area of healing according mm. to when my heart was ready yeah. and even recently I'm still practicing this because yeah. uh, <laughs> I had a situation come up where uh, what the church taught and what um, the program was for healing in a certain relationship it looked a certain way but yet in my husband and my own intimate relationship with God we were hearing something else from God that it wasn't time to move into that you know and that the foundation hadn't been laid yet for healing and so we stepped back into the outside world it looked like we weren't cooperating with the system of healing mm. but our relationship with God is personal and it wasn't time and we don't want to step into an area of healing without God hand in hand with us ready yeah. where he's fertilized the soil and we're ready to receive and these wounds are so fragile and delicate that only God has the wisdom and expertise yes. you know to come in and tend to them yeah. so if we're forging ahead and moving towards our own healing we're gonna mess it up and we yeah. want to stay back and say you know and keep mm -hmm. in that that intimate relationship with God and allow him to tend yeah. to 
us and deal with those delicate wounds and places that have been cut, mm-hmm. you know, and wounded because so there's hope for, for yeah. fullness. There's hope mm-hmm. for healing mm-hmm. inside those wounds. Take it from me. Yeah. Everything about me, as I received healing from God, everything about me changed physically and emotionally. I mean, I operated completely differently. I could hardly look women in the eye, you know, before God took me on some of this healing because I felt so much shame especially in my own hometown because a lot of people know you know know me and uh the old me and uh you know it felt a lot like don't go into the grocery store because someone's gonna see you they're gonna know what you've done you know and it felt like an impossible path to redemption and but when I pace with God and I allow him to heal me layer by layer everything about me changed I was standing taller I was looking women in the eye because his thoughts about me confirm my worthiness. Yeah. Nothing about the world. His yeah. thoughts about me are my stable standing. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. You know, I I love that. I, I almost don't think there's anything more yeah. that needs to be said. I, I, I did feel like maybe, um, like, this is just so good. I hope you feel encouraged <laughs> because um, in hearing in hearing even Sarah's story and knowing her and, and having the, the honor of watching her pace with God and allow herself to be made known with God and letting him into places in her heart and me doing the same to, to have that, to observe someone doing that. It is the most beautiful, gentle, safe experience. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, That's a lot good. of us have, mm-hmm. a lot of us have maybe worries about, or maybe like, like Sarah said, maybe we've been exposed to healing programs, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's so many biblical principles of truth in God's word about paths to healing and it's full of guidance and wisdom but as sarah said so clearly god wants to heal your heart your mind your soul your body and yet he has a personal relationship with you so he knows how he wants to do it in a way that will be the most nourishing the most glorifying to him it's not he's not wanting to use you as a testimony he's wanting to bring your relationship closer and deeper and into more fullness yeah. that, that even something like healing a wound can actually draw you closer yeah. and um i was reading something that just i feel like maybe maybe we could enter and i want to sure. know your thoughts on this but i i kept going back to um the pool of bethesda and how jesus was walking it's in john chapter 5 and it's in starts in verse 4 to 8 but um it's when Jesus was walking by the pool of Bethesda and there was a bunch of sick and paralyzed and, and blind, lame people waiting for the moving of the water. Now there was a, there was kind of a, an experience there that people were having where they would believe like an angel would stir up the pool of the water, you know, whatever that meant, I don't know what that means, and that people would actually, if they could get to the water, the first people to the water would actually come out of the water healed. And so there was a man there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Now, I think that's even longer than you've been alive, right? Yes, it is. Young <laughs> I was a little older, but you know, we won't talk about that. But uh, the 38 years, and Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been in that condition for a long time. So Jesus, who carried, who the Bible says clearly that he was a perfect representation of the Father. So when we speak about Jesus, we are speaking about your good Father. And his spirit is the indwelling presence that manifests everything that Jesus and the Father are. So I often will in, in, in kind of interchange Jesus and the Father. Yes, Jesus said this, but he acted himself as the perfect representation for the Father. So I can assume that the Father's heart and his intention are mirrored in what we see Jesus doing in the Word. 
So uh, Jesus, and he said to him, do you want to be made well? And I always have thought that was a very um, interesting question because you think, well, of course, the guy wants to be well. But the man has a very interesting answer. The sick man said, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool when the water stirred up while I'm coming another steps down before me. And I feel like the man doesn't say, yes, I want to be made well, because he doesn't even realize that the manifestation of healing is standing right in front of him. Mm -hmm. If he had known, he would have said, yes, I want to be made well. But instead, he's locked in what we are often trapped in, in our own brokenness, or even when we think about healing, like, I've got to figure out the right way. What's the right system? What's the right book? What's the, you know, the path, the steps one, two, three, and I just can't get there. And so I'm frustrated. I've been stuck this way so long. I guess I'm a hopeless case. Like it, I've given up. So there's a despair, a hopelessness, a formula that he can't seem to accomplish that others have said, this is how you get healed. And I can't get there. And Jesus addresses that in him almost just to bring that to the light. Like, okay, you've tried your way. Yeah. And the beautiful thing <laughs> is Jesus didn't go in there and be like, you're doing it all wrong. Jesus showed up and he put himself in proximity to this man and he said, get up and walk. He gave him instantaneous physical healing. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And there's so many things we can draw from this and so I don't wanna get stuck on this, but what I wanted to share was that I believe there's something really amazing about the way the Father pursues our hearts. And what Sarah and I would love for you to come away from this session with is that the Father has fullness of healing for you. He's seen, no matter how many years it's been, maybe it's been the entirety of your life, the attempt to be well, the desire, the longing to not carry around certain baggage or to not feel the ache or the bruise or to, to just be done and to somehow be free. He has seen that just like Jesus saw in this man. And I almost feel like his heart for you would be almost like, hello, I'm right here. Do you want to be well? Like expose yourself to me. Just, just let me receive from me and that he would want to touch and minister that to us. Yeah. And in verse 17, later on, he actually goes again to the man because he actually even says like, I see you're well, now go to the temple because he kind of disappeared for a while and he comes back and he said, don't sin anymore. So he's addressing the heart, the clenching of that man's heart and his the way he's walking out his life. So he's addressing, making right those broken paths of sin and activity. But as people were challenging Jesus on this, he said, my father has been working until now and I have been working. So he also confirms the fact that the father is always on a healing path. He's always pursuing us for healing, wholeness, wholeness mm -hmm. all the time. Jesus only demonstrated in human form what the Father was already pursuing with his whole humankind. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like yeah, ending so there today, I feel like, like, yeah. do you want to be well? Like, that is here for you in the Father. Yeah. It's, it's here. He wants, will you let yourself let down the guard and just yeah. say, okay, I'm here. Yeah, Second Set aside the plans. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So that means you are a resting place for freedom. You. You're a resting place yeah. for freedom. Yeah. Should we pray? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. God, this fullness gift is so dear to my heart. Lord, you've transformed me from the inside out. 
and you've addressed places that I did not think could be healed or made whole again. And so God, today we just want to join with listeners as they begin to surrender, Lord, to let you in and expose themselves and believe that you are the great healer, that you will restore and protect them, that your journey to healing is made tailor-made for them. Lord, I pray that each listener would receive their own tailor-made journey to mm -hmm. healing, Lord, pacing with you, walking in that intimate space, allowing you to move them into each area of healing layer by layer. Mm -hmm. Lord, there are layers to emotional healing that take time, God, and you take your time with us. Yeah. And we just trust you with these deep spaces that we've never let anyone into before. And we say, come, would you help? Would you come in, touch these areas, God? Help us, Lord, to just desire and position ourselves towards the victory you've already won on the cross, Lord. You have died with these things, Lord, and you have already won the victory. And we just want to join with you, mm -hmm. position ourselves towards that victory, mm -hmm. to feeling and claiming this gift of fullness and wholeness yeah. and completeness in you, Lord. You have everything we need to feel full here on earth as we await heaven, Lord. And we just want to receive and be in that position to continually receive and accept these gifts you have for us, Lord. And so we just ask, Lord, that you would move inside our hearts to release and surrender. God, your healing is so perfect. Your healing is so gentle. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we just thank you, God, for this gift 